Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Don't lie, right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick playing jams that are designed to soothe the uh, tortured soul of sports fans whose team dealing with the L over the weekend. That's Philadelphia sports fans today. Uh, once again, dealing with a loss in that championship game, MLS Cup, the World Series, and now the Super Bowl. Man, that's, 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 that's a that, tough go. That is tough, but come on, man. That's that's, that's pretty good. It's just first world problems. Yeah. You're losing in a championship game. That's a good point. I mean, you ain't yeah. the Texans. Hell, we got the, the Houston <laughs> sports fan. I got the Texans. I got the Rockets. Thank God for the Ghost Rolls. If not for the Strolls, oh, man. Yeah, it would be days. Re- Yeah. Exactly. So, you just you get Trying to there. be a Cowboys fan. You know what? Divisional round. Ooh, I feel bad for y'all. Oh, you talking about, okay, playoffs. But I, I didn't lose in the there. championship. I would much rather lose in the championship. Exactly. Than not be there at all. It's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. It's better Hello. to have loved and lost than to fire Lovey right before the last game of the season <laughs> and lose the number one overall pick. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Uh, well said. Uh, for my former Texans fan there, my man Patrick Davis. All right, you can be a part of the show. Please hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. Hit him up. Uh, you were just talking about Patrick Mahomes, Harge, and your Harge Knock Life. Uh, and good stuff. Uh, we'll get that podcasted if you missed it. But, I mean... <laughs> I don't even think in this moment we can really appreciate the magnitude of the greatness. We're just too close to it. I would agree with you 100% on that. You know, because for somebody, like you said, started five seasons. He's been in the league six, but started five. And already got two Super Bowl champions, two Super Bowl MVPs, and gave the stat earlier. Only Joe Montana and Tom Brady have multiple Super Bowl MVPs and regular season MVPs. Took them 11 and 12 years to do it. Mahomes has done it in six, essentially five, really. Yes, my heart should But his his accolades already uh, that five conference championships. Yeah, he's been in the five conference championship games already. Already, <laughs> like it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I I, I think uh, I read that Andy Reid is hinting that he's coming back. I, yeah. I think there was some talk that he was going to. I don't know, he was going to think about it and mull it over, but I believe he's coming back. And he's smart, too, because yep. he's, he's got a chance to be a GOAT now as well. Exactly. He's, he's right. Whether you like it or not, Andy Reid is right on the verge. We'll talk about Holmes here. But he's right on the verge of being on that Mount Rushmore, guys, of all-time great head coaches in the league. I know it sounds crazy, but 247 wins. That's fifth most all-time. Mm-hmm. 22 playoff wins, second most all-time. Ten conference title games, four Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins. And if 
if if, if Patrick Mahomes right now uh, continues on this pace, he ain't done. Right. They could rack up another one. Easily. He's signed to a ten-year deal. Exactly, and I don't see it. He look. He seems happy that he just wants to stay with Andy Reid. And yeah. Brett Beach, by the way, their GM's doing a great job. Their yes. GM is doing a hell job. of a job. Their GM is killing. We don't talk enough about take that notes. <laughs> take notes. Take notes. Yeah, Jerry wants to live in the middle. Yeah, I like we in the middle. We in the middle. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about this stuff. So Patrick is now two and one in Super Bowls. He has made five consecutive ASC title games, as Harsh just mentioned. That's the same number of conference title games as Peyton Manning reached in his entire career. He has two Super Bowl rings at 27. John Elway didn't get his first until 37. After losing three Super Bowls in his uh, Super Bowls in his 20s, John Elway, remember John Elway went there a few, few times um, before he ended up finally winning one. Um, Mahomes has two Super Bowl wins in five seasons. Dan Marino, zero. Brett Favre, one. Aaron Rodgers, one. Drew Brees, one. Combined to win three Super Bowls in, what, their 70 seasons. You're talking about these are goats now we're talking about. And he is just leaving those guys behind. Mm-hmm. So, and we, we all agree he can play. He can retire today, and he's a Hall of Fame guy. And first ballot. He could like retire day and people would, like pull him in on the first ballot. So maybe somebody out there would decide, I'm not doing it out of principle. Most people go, no, I've never seen anything like it. He's just the third player to win multiple MVP awards by age 27, joining Brett Favre mm-hmm. and Jim Brown. Yeah, sixth player to ever win multiple Super Bowl MVP awards and the only player, um, basically, if you're looking at it, to accomplish all those things I mentioned was him, Mahomes, uh, sorry, him, Montana, and Brady. So, at this point, um, man, I, I, there, there's no debate about him being the best in the game. But I guess the projection would be how many can he win? Right? Could he, could he actually catch Brady? Is that a realistic conversation? It's got to be now. It's definitely a realistic conversation. Just because when you look at the numbers and who he has become, that tells you everything that you need to know. He is trending at a direction where it just looks like the. Tom Brady was not Tom Brady when he first got the job. Patrick Mahomes already told you who he was. And when he got to Andy Reid, he took off. And they made it work because those creative minds together and him understanding what he's capable of, what he should be doing, and what he should not be doing has been unbelievable. And this chemistry that they have, as long as Andy's there, I think he has a chance to do it just as well every single year. Yeah. I believe that strongly. Because what he's done, to what they've done together, goes to your conversation of what you said. We might have to put him, Andy Reid, on that Mount Rushmore. He, the reason being, think about yet. it. Think about it. He took Donovan McNabb to the Super Bowl with Philadelphia, took them to multiple championship games, Got him to the Super Bowl, couldn't win it. They pretty much ran him out of town. And he finds his way to Kansas City and resurrected his career. And now look at him. This dude is just killing it everywhere. So, yeah, that that might be that dynasty look of Brady Belichick to where he's continually growing up that tree of, uh, of champions. Yeah, and I mean, you look at him, he's under contract, Patrick Mahomes is under contract till 2031. They're able to basically put a bunch of young guys around him and rebuild to open up this window for several more years. The biggest question is Travis Kelsey's 33, mm-hmm. and once you lose him, he is a huge part of the success of this team. So how do you replace him? 
The good part is you have a quarterback who, if Travis Kelsey lasts three more years, so if he lasts two to three more years, Patrick Mahomes will drop down to probably sixth or seventh highest paid quarterback in the league because of the salary cap continuing to increase. And you'll have the money to go and try and find another big playmaker for him. So either you're able to draft one in the next few years because you will have a few luxury picks because you've drafted well in the past, or you were able to go out and try and bring in somebody else. That's really your main question right now is, are they going to be able to, is Travis Kelsey going to stay and is Andy Reid going to stay? And it, it, that that may limit the window. Other than that, you have a window that seems to be open till 2031 right now. And Patrick Mahomes is, or at least his last Super Bowl win, counted him as the highest salary cap figure quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. Um, his salary counts at 17% of the Chiefs' salary cap. Uh, the highest before that was Steve Young at the start of the salary cap era with a 13.1%. And then after that was Tom Brady in 2018 and 2020, accounting for 12.2% of the salary cap. Now, it is still one of the biggest uh, major advantages in, in, in pro sports in America to have a starting franchise quarterback on a rookie contract in the NFL. No question in my mind. Um, but with the exploding salary cap or the projected exploding salary cap, especially with legalized, you know, gambling, sports betting in America. That's going to add more money to the salary cap in a few years. These new broadcast deals, Mm -hmm. that's going to add more salary cap. So salary cap is just going to balloon in the next couple of years. And so maybe that mitigates the damage of having to pay your quarterback so much money. Right. Um, And maybe you'll start to see more quarterbacks who are more teams be able to have more success without that hidden advantage or that baked-in advantage of having a quarterback on a rookie deal. It still helps, but Patrick Mahomes is showing you he's that good, that he can defy a lot of the odds and he can defy a lot of the uh, the rules, the constraints that a lot of teams are limited by because he's just that damn good. Which is the it's reason, just him. <laughs> yeah, which is the reason why they gave him that contract early in his, his tenure. They knew what they had. They saw it from the beginning. He, he wasn't even up to be up to get that, that big money contract that he just got where he went out and bought another franchise in soccer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He, he's, he was able to do different things. He has done things, and I know we had a texter just texting three and seven years, Patrick Mahomes, two and six, two and five. Patrick Mahomes was a starter for five seasons. He might have been in the league for six, yeah, but he's he, been he played starting. Like, he played like one or two games that rookie yeah. year, but that was Alex Smith starting most of those exactly. games. Exactly. Which, which I think has helped his development, actually. 100%, yeah. because he can sit and learn, which mm-hmm. is why Andy Reid calls him one of the smartest people, because he, and Patrick Mahomes even said this, I spent time with Alex Smith and Chad Henney. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, Nick Foles was on that team before, too. Nick Foles was mm-hmm. sitting in that locker room with him in that quarterback's room learning how to play in the NFL. So he was sitting with guys to give him the love and the information and the fact that he actually took the information because a lot of times you could go in there and think you're the best and think, oh, I already know that. I already read that. I already know what's going on there. I should I should be doing this. No, you got to embrace it. The NFL is different. Yeah. And now you have embraced it all and you have expanded who you are, and that's outstanding. 
Uh, it is. And, you know, like I said, I'll give Brett Veach credit because mm-hmm. I remember the, reading the story in Sports Illustrated that he became obsessed with Patrick Mahomes first, went to his, his Iowa State game when he was at Tech, and Tech got blown out, by the way, by Iowa State. He got hurt at halftime. Brett Veach says he was getting ready to leave, and then in a blowout game, he saw a, a hobbled, a hurt Patrick Mahomes walk back on the field in a game where it didn't like they had a chance of winning, and he said that's when he fell in love with Patrick Mahomes. And that's, ironically, that's what we watched here in the Super Bowl is that same grit, that same, you know, fortitude that he fell in love with watching Patrick Mahomes versus Iowa State get his butt kicked and blown out, and he was hurt and still decided, no, I'm leading this team. This is my team. And that's the same type of grit and stubborn fortitude when he got hurt in the playoffs. He's, He's Yelling at Andy Reid like I ain't leaving. No, I'm not. I'm not leaving. No, yeah. Andy Reid had to tell him, no, no, go get checked out by the trainers, and then you can come back out here when they give you the AOK. Yeah. Um, but there is, he does have this uh, intrinsic competitive sickness that you get these flashes of. And like mm-hmm. I said, and give Brett Veach credit, the GM of the Kansas City Chiefs. He starts texting Andy Reid uh, highlights and videos <laughs> yeah. of a young Patrick Mahomes from Texas Tech and said, look at this guy. He's unbelievable. And and Andy Reid says to this day, I was annoyed. He said, I wouldn't look at any of the videos because I was annoyed. I was working. I'm designing plays. I'm doing scouting report, all kind of stuff. And then he's sending me videos telling us, this is the future franchise quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. And he said, finally, he started watching those videos and he fell in love with Patrick Mahomes too. And then they decided as a franchise, we're going to get this quarterback. Yeah. This is our guy. We're trading up to get him. He's the man. So they knew even then, and then all of their, you know, their scouting reports, their evaluation was confirmed when they got him on the team that, oh no, he's special. He's the real deal. And then you combine, you know, his, you know, freakish skill set with Andy Reid's football acumen and football IQ and his creativity. And honestly, you have, you know, because I always say that, you know, what's a quarterback's X-Man ability? What do they do as well as anybody else? And honestly, with Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure that's something we can identify specifically. But he's mm-hmm. kind of like Superman. You know, Superman's got the X-ray vision. He can fly. <laughs> he's a man of steel. He can you fly. Know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's got, he's got, the, well, he got the, you know, got yeah. the X-ray, got all that stuff, right? He, yeah. he can do a lot of different things. He got the he's he's multifaceted, yeah. and I feel like that's Patrick. Mahomes. I feel like he's got like four or five different things that you can put up and, and traits within the skill set that are as good, if not better, than everybody else at their position in the NFL. And 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 I would go out of my way to say physically, he's and I've said this about LeBron too. And LeBron's not the goat of of NBA. I'm not going there. Yeah, y'all but stop, I, please, people. Most physically gifted athlete, arguably, to ever play in the NBA. That I would always throw out there for LeBron, most physically gifted, and for Patrick Mahomes, you could probably make that argument about him at quarterback. Yeah, in terms of just physical gifts at quarterback. I don't know if there's a more physically gifted quarterback that we've ever seen play the game. No, I mean I, I mean, know people are going to say different things and no, they're going to come up with Russell, different Russell, thoughts. Randall Cunningham, I'm talking about just physical freakishness. You know what I mean? Now you Michael talk about Vick that. might be in the. Go- I'm just talking about this physical. Freakish. Josh Allen's probably in that conversation too. Just, mm-hmm. just physical freaks. I'm, just, I'm not even talking about putting it all together yeah. into you know a, a you know a an amalgamation to make a great quarterback. I'm talking about separating the physical gifts. Mm-hmm. I mean, have we seen who's more physically gifted than Patrick Mahomes at quarterback? He's got the big arm. He's accurate. Yep, very right. I just told you, seventy-two percent puts touch on the throws. Yeah. You want him to run? You can scramble. He's Showed got, you that last night on a bum ankle. He's got more than functional mobility. He yeah. can get out of there and run. Shortstop. Yeah, can throw from different arm angles yeah. off platform. Yeah. Just not a lot of things he can't do at quarterback. I love the fact that you brought up Randall Cunningham because I think he gets lost in the conversation when people start talking about 
some of the most athletic quarterbacks to ever play the game. Ooh. Randall Cunningham was an absolute athlete. Yeah. Like, unreal. Mm-hmm. So, and and I agree with you. Patrick Mahomes, what he's done in a very short period of time has kind of made people understand that the quarterback position does not have to be played one way. Mm-hmm. He makes you look at yourself on how you judge quarterbacks because what have you said about the draft? It's it's, un, it's not an exact science. Yeah, you, how many teams have missed on a quarterback as opposed to hitting hitting the quarterback out of the park? It's a totally different thought process and the way that Patrick Mahomes plays the game. A lot of co- a lot of coaches wouldn't couldn't handle that, right? They wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to put up with that. But Andy Reid's like, go on out there and play the game, man. Go on out there. I'm going to call the play. You make it happen. Yep. And that's exactly what he's been doing. Yeah. No, it is. Um, but getting back, yeah, because, you know, we obviously talk a lot about his legacy. And I actually am doing some rabbit holing on Patrick Mahomes. And I'll have a Patrick Mahomes rant uh, tomorrow. Um, but I'm still doing the research. It's taking me a couple of days. But getting back to the actual game, and Patrick Mahomes was a big part of why they won that game. And I think – you start looking at him in the way he got rid of the football in the second half, and I kept pointing out, you know, prior to this game, that the more the longer Patrick Mahomes holds the ball, that's a good thing for the defense. The stats have shown uh, p- completion percentage, passer rating for him, touchdown interception ratio, um, all that decreases when he holds onto the ball longer, which basically shows you that he, he, you've disrupted his process. His pre-snap read and pre-snap diagnosis don't match the post-snap read and his post-snap diagnosis. And that's when he holds the ball a little too long, and then he's trying to go through reads, and then that's when you can finally force him to panic just a little bit. But other than that, if he's getting rid of the ball under two and a half seconds, you're done, son. You got no shot. And in the the playoffs, he's gotten better and better at getting rid of the ball quickly. He got rid of the ball in – 56% 56% of his passes were under two and a half seconds. Getting rid of it quick. And in Get the second, it out of there. Second half, 2.3 seconds on average was his time to throw. And in the first half, it was 2.7 seconds. So in his first half, they were making him hold on to the ball a little bit, and it was helping him. And in the sorry, in the first half, making him hold on to the ball a little bit, and it was helping him. In the second half, the adjustments that Andy Reid made, the adjustments that Patrick Mahomes made, were key. And it was just him getting rid of the football. Mm-hmm. And Kelsey helps that too, because right? yep, yep. Kelsey's either take he's either got gravity and taking defenders away from coverage, or he's one on one. If he's one on one, Patrick Mahomes is going to him. Yeah. Which is early in the game, left one on one. He's yep. like, I'm going to him. Yep. If he's one on one. I'm going to my boy. You know that. I'm looking for him. Looking, and it's just I don't know how many guys in the NFL as a linebacker safety that can cover Kelsey. They just can't do it. It's really hard, man. Um, but here's this, this. There are two numbers here. That's why Kansas City won the game. Other than Patrick Mahomes, two numbers. Because we all, at least I did, thought lines of scrimmage would be an Eagles advantage. It was not. Okay. There were 19 rushes. All right. That the Kansas City Chiefs had, there were going up against a a a a stacked box or a loaded box. So in all, fifty eight percent of the Chiefs' rushing attempts were into what they call a heavy box. Mm-hmm. Um, a stacked box means you have as many defenders. A loaded or heavy box means you have more defenders than they have blockers. So fifty eight percent of the Chiefs' rushing attempts were into a heavy box. Eight or more defenders. And yet they averaged 2.7 yards before contact mm. into a heavy box. Two point what? 
Seven? 2.7 yards before contact. Wow. And three yards after contact against a heavy box. Kansas City played bully ball. They had to. And when they did, they punked the Eagles. Hmm. And then you and then you wait, that's another number, because we can flip that side with the Kansas City defensive line. I threw this out there earlier. That if you look at the Kansas City defense, they only stacked the box. More defenders than blockers. 24% of the time in that game. That's it. And yet had the second highest stuff rate that the Eagles have had against them all season long. Held the running backs to 17 rushes for 45 yards. And yet they only stacked the box 24% of the time, which means and the Eagles were held without a rush by the running backs of 10 yards or more for the second time all year. Just because you only got six players in the box doesn't mean they're just six players in the fit. They were brilliant at bringing guys from different angles of the defense in the mm-hmm. back seven to uh, to really fit the run, Harjan. That's why they, they, that's why they won. They yeah. actually won the line of scrimmage on both sides with scheme, right, with scheme, and also with guys just winning one-on-ones yeah. on Kansas City side over Philadelphia, who I thought would have an advantage there. I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, but you... I mean, it just ended up being wrong because of the end of the game. But if you go back and you go back and watch everything, everything that you said was going to happen happened, except for they didn't get to the quarterback. They did. That was it. Zero sacks. That's it. They got. They got there. He got out. He found a way to get out of the pocket. There were a couple times that it could have been close to a sack, but he got out enough mm-hmm. that he got a yard, and it changed the way that things went down. But yeah, man, this was this was something. To be um, to be totally impressed with by both sides of the football for a Kansas City, but even more so for a Philadelphia as well, because they played a great game. They did play a good. They was, played a great game. It, it, That's that one play, the fumble. Nah, three plays. Well, yeah, Fum, I think I, the punt return, punt the return, fumble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think you go punt return, fumble, and I'd go those two, not two plays, the one play to Sky Moore. Yep. On the yeah, jet yeah. pivot motion. I'm not going. I'm not going to criticize him. I'll get into this in Rod's round. I'm not going to criticize him for the first one because that's a mistake. Everybody makes it. Really good play call by and play designed by Andy Reid. But the second time yeah. they get you for a touchdown, running the same concept. Yeah, that's on you. That's on y'all, yeah. man. What? And the fact that your man, who we all like, Darius Big Play Slay, completely stopped looking. Yeah. Like, he wasn't even looking. He, I don't even know what he was pointing at. Yeah, fool me once, shame <laughs> on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. That's a shame on y'all, Philly. Yeah, That's yeah, crazy. That is crazy. Like, how'd you not? How'd you get beat by the same concept in the Super Bowl on back-to-back drives yeah. for a touchdown? Which, by the way, they didn't stop them in the second half at all. No, they did not. Yeah, he just kept going and going. Going back to going. The, <laughs> the adjustments by Kansas City. Yep. Second half possessions, touchdown, 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 field goal. Yep. Only other team since 2000 to score on every second half drive was the Eagles when they played the Patriots and upset them in the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Mm. They just couldn't be stopped in the second half. And so, uh, and Rod, around the day, I'll, I'll get into some of the X's and O's and these specifics about uh, how Andy Reid really had a master class uh, in adjustments and counters in the chess match within the game. He was brilliant. I'll break down exactly why. And I think I, and I did enough. Uh, rabbit holing and found out even where he where some of these concepts were inspired by Andy Reid where in the film study did he find these weaknesses to exploit for Philadelphia I think I found some of that so we'll go back and 
How does this relate to the Longhorns? I actually have a way to bring it all back home to the Longhorns <laughs> so the Longhorns can learn a lesson from Andy Reid's genius. We'll talk about that and more. All of it right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful another horn. Mm-hmm. Chad and Zay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104. Now I'm the horn. I want to go into uh, some of the, really some of the X's and O's of this matchup and talk about Andy Reid's genius, and I think I can even bring it on home here to the 40 Acres and talk about how the Longhorns can learn some lessons from Andy Reid's uh, genius. All right, so I always talk about there are certain things you got to do to win these big games. Um, and, you know, I always talk about winning the chess match within the game. All right, there's going to be a, a, a great game plan probably from both sides. There will be adjustments made, and then there needs to be a counter to the adjustments. You got to go back and forth in this chess match. And honestly, one of the simplest concepts, simplistically brilliant concept, that really won the game, (laughs) they actually won the game, in my opinion, for Kansas City, was their short and quick motion. Now, they run more pre-snap motion um, probably than any team in the league. At least they're up there in the top five. Their success rate on plays when they run motions and pre-snap motion shifts is actually higher than any team in the league. So really successful on those types of plays. But what they figured out going up against uh, Philadelphia is that Philadelphia is going to play a lot of man coverage, which is not shocking. Actually, Kansas City sees more man coverage on offense than any team in the league other than Green Bay. So teams figure ah, their wide receivers are pedestrian. I can lock them up. And then we need to focus on Kelsey. They play a lot of man coverage against Kansas City. And, by the way, you don't want to play zone against Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. They will eat you alive. (laughs) They just will. All right? So teams tend to play a lot of man coverage. So Eagles played more man coverage than any game this season in the Super Bowl. Season high man coverage rate for them of 56%. So they played uh, a ton of it. And what... Basically, what Andy Reid figured out was, okay, if they're going to play a lot of man coverage, then, you know, we can have these man beaters. Now, certain routes are just man beaters. Uh, one of the uh, main man beaters is a whip route. You've actually seen Xavier Worthy run this route where you kind of run, you know, three, four yards in and then you uh, circle out. All right. Open your hips and turn it into a flat route. And then the quarterback supposed to hit you out in the flat and you create separation by opening your hips up and you get the DB biting on the inside cut and then boom, you break it outside. And essentially, Andy Reid used what we call short and quick motion. That means just uh, motion from number one receiver on the outside and you motion toward the line of scrimmage. All right. But you don't cross the formation. So you may motion like a stack or a tight Mm -hmm. twins formation. 
And the reason that this is important is because I've told you guys about Texas, right? Remember I said teams run a lot of stack bunch formations versus Texas. Why? Well, it forces those corners to back up. You can't you can't focus on rerouting wide receivers when you have to worry about reading and reacting to the switch releases. So that's what they were doing a ton of with the switch releases. And they this short motion, the brilliance of it is you force the DBs who are playing man coverage. Essentially, have to, they got to play zone. They got to zone you up. And think about a lot of the big plays happen with that short motion from the number one receiver to a stacked twins look or to a tight twins look. All right, let's go through a couple of these plays. First of all, we're going to start from the back. The Juju Smith-Schuster holding call by Bradbury, short, quick motion. Whip route to a wheel route. Mm -hmm. Grabbed him. Might be the biggest player of the game for some of y'all. Was. Exactly. Yeah. Whip route. <laughs> a lot of people over there mad about exactly, it. Exactly, right? That ain't it. You remember the, the Kelsey touchdown to start out? First touchdown to Kelsey? Short mm-hmm, motion mm-hmm. <laughs> to a stacked twins look like Darius Tony ends up freeing him up. And we all remember the two touchdowns. One by Kadarius Tony, mm-hmm. you know, next drive by Sky Moore. Both short, quick motion. And then the what they call jet orbit, jet return, jet pivot, whatever. All right. So, anybody figure out something really simple? You know what? We're just going to have this little quick jet, you know, motion. Just a quick, short motion. But what it reveals to the defense, the it, what it indicates about the defense can be, you know, it can be infinite. To a to a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, so let me talk about the really the touchdowns to Kadarius Tony and to Sky Moore, and why one is unforgivable and the other was just brilliant strategizing and game planning and play design by Andy Reid. So the touchdown by Kadarius Tony. Here's how it works out. First of all, I did some deep diving, and I saw the exact same play by BYU this year. I know that Andy Reid watches BYU because he went to BYU. Yep. They run a lot of it. You can see that what we call the jet pivot or the return arrow uh, motion a ton. We see it in high school here in Texas a lot. You see it in the Big 12 a lot. But in terms of where Andy Reid's watching it and where he sees it, like I said, I know BYU ran it this year and ran it a ton. He could have found it there. Also, Doug Peterson. Give Doug Peterson a ton of credit because the Jacksonville Jaguars faced Philly early this year. And Doug Peterson used that very same short motion to score a touchdown for the Jacks in one of his play designs. And it was close to being an orbit return motion, which is what Sark actually ran in the national title game with Devontae Smith. Remember that orbit return motion? He lines up, flex, and then he motions into the backfield wide, arcing to the backfield, and then pivots out and goes into the flat, and he's wide open. That The Doug Peterson play earlier this year was more like that. So it, it was more the orbit return motion. But for Andy Reid, all he needs to know is, okay, it's something that can scheme open some of my better players. So like I said, there is a little bit of history there potentially. So getting to the actual play, early in the game, early you're in the game, I should say, in the third quarter, um, the Kansas City Chiefs run a jet sweep motion, basically. They run a a jet sweep motion to try to f- free up, I believe it's McKinnon on the uh, the fly motion and 11 personnel. And they ended up uh, running a play. Actually, they end up running, I believe, an arrow route by the running back out of the backfield. They don't throw it or hand it off to the jet sweep motion. They end up throwing it to the running back out of the backfield. But, but that play was important because it showed 
Andy Reid how Philadelphia would adjust mm-hmm. to the jet sweep motion when it crossed the formation. And what they decided to do was rock and roll it. Rock and roll it means we're going to roll coverage. We're going to bump coverage. It's and man coverage. We're going to bump it all and just roll coverage, all right, with that receiver that's in motion. And then we'll pick them up on the other side. All right, so we'll pass them off in coverage to the other side. And everybody just bumps over a man. So we're rocking and rolling. So Andy Reid figured, okay, if they're going to rock and roll that every time he crosses formation, I wonder what would happen if I send my guy jet motion but then return jet pivot because what Andy Reid does really well is he troubleshoots defenses with different concepts different schemes different formations different personnel groupings and he's really great at extrapolating information once he learns the rules that bind the defense he's a habitual line stepper he will violate that those rules. <laughs> we will violate them as much as with frequency right as much as possible that's basically what he did he found out they were going to rock and roll it. So on that third down, right, in the fourth quarter, what is it? It's uh, 27-21. Philadelphia's up. Third and three. The ball is on a five-yard line. He knows that Philadelphia is going to pass the jet motion off and rock and roll the coverage. They're just going to bump everything over. So he has Kadarius Tony short, quick motion to a stack twins. And on the snap, on the snap, he turns and pivots. On the snap. And that's, that's key. It's got to be on the snap. Otherwise, the defense will recognize him. They'll adjust to it They'll quickly. adjust to it. Mm-hmm. On the snap, and then he throws it off, and he's wide open. The reason he's so wide open is because Darius Slay, eyes in the backfield, by the way, <laughs> bad eye discipline, he assumes that he's across the formation, so he already tells all of his defenders, hey, we're rock and rolling. I'm going. I'm going. He's almost over the center damn near. When they snapped the ball, I'm like, where are you going? He was right. sprinting across, which I have no idea why he's so eager to sprint across because they're rocking the formation. Where are you going? Why are you moving so fast? Like, he's actually close to the line of scrimmage, like right there by the, the O-line, the D-line, at that time over them when he should be outside leverage. Because this is how the, the rules were totally violated because his eye discipline was really bad. If he crosses the formation, yes, then you rock and roll it. But if he doesn't cross the formation and he's just going to be in a stacked twins look, then you tango it, you banjo it. That means corner take the outside cut, safety take inside cut. No need to panic. But I'll give it up to Brian Harson, who always told me. He used to call motion, pre-snap motion, he, was like, he always called it funk. But he, always, he called it funk and he was like, man, we got to make it funky because motion creates emotion. Defenders, they're just not smart. They get all freaked out about a guy just moving mm-hmm. in motion. It's like, same play. I just moved the guy in motion. What are you freaking out about? But he's right. Every time somebody motions, defenders go crazy. No, it's a motion. Just in motion. Shift, shift, shift. Because it does. It, change, it, it violates all the rules of the defense, and everything's got to change. So basically what Andy Reid did was figure out, you know what? If they're going to rock and roll it, then we're going to jet pivot motion out. And then Darius Slay added to how – open the guy would be in the separation because his eye distance was so bad. Yep. Eyes were in the backfield. So bad. And which, by the way, Andy Reid knows that because DBs, if you are going to follow a guy across in motion, the one thing you want to watch out for is getting picked off in traffic because you got linebackers, yeah. safeties, everybody's moving around. You don't want to get knocked off by your own guy. So you're looking, you, your eyes do go straight ahead. And then that's why that guy, as soon as your eyes snap to you know the other side of formation, jet pivot. It was it's simplistically broke. Because everybody thinking about the pick route. Yeah. Right? You think exactly. you're going to get picked off in there, and, and so, then all of a sudden, boom. And so that's on Darius Slate. That's also on Andy. It's great by Andy Reid figuring out the rules of the defense and the coverage and being able to violate them. 
And so Sky Moore, same exact thing, right? In the fourth quarter, one-point lead, third and goal. These are third downs, too. These are crucial plays. So you've got to know when to call these uh, these really crucial concepts. And trust your quarterback. And trust your quarterback. 9.26 left. Um, they go 11 personnel, tight end to the single receiver side, twins, and then a motion to a stacked twin slip. Literally same exact concept. Not the same formation, very close, but not the same exact formation. But it's Sky Moore this time. Same thing. Jet pivot. This time it's on Bradbury. Just go to the other side, other corner. And they rock and roll it again. Mm. And Bradbury does the same thing. He jumps inside like he's going inside leverage on this guy instead of playing banjo and tango inside outside cut. And he ends up wide open. It's like I said, it's it's simple. But it is a brilliant adjustment to man coverage, and they played a ton of man coverage, and they also wanted to bump and roll all the the cross-formation jet sweep motion. Scheme me up, Scotty. Got to give him a ton of credit. Also, something that was great. I was talking about breaking tendency. I saw that touchdown run by Pacheco uh, was, it was simple, but it was actually a great example of breaking tendency. I went and did the research and found out that Pacheco and McKinnon, who were on the field together at that time, uh, they were on the field together. It ended up being a 22 personnel look, 22 personnel, two backs, two tight ends. Uh, they, they used Jake McKinnon as a wing, and Pacheco was the, the tailback. And they end up handing it to uh, Pacheco, ends up scoring, and McKinnon almost as a lead blocker uh, coming across the formation. Pacheco and McKinnon had only been on the field together for one play all season. And Andy Reid broke it out on the goal line. One play all season. They'd be on the field together. Talk about breaking tendency. How so, could you really prepare for it? You ain't so never what seen been it. you've been talking about. You have no idea what's coming because you just hadn't seen it. There's no way to prepare for that. And Andy Reid also went deep into his bag of tricks um, ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, ran a great play on the first week of the season, week one, scored on the Eagles. It was a split back formation, 22 personnel split back in the backfield. It was a fourth and one. They ended up scoring a six-yard touchdown on the Eagles, uh, and it was a crack sweep, um, which basically it's a sweep um, run with the split back to one side or the other in the back who is the front side uh, back on the, in the split back. He's the lead blocker. Andy Reid basically ran this exact same concept on third and one on his 42-yard line with split back, except he used a fullback, and they ran a crack sweep. It was his pro-jet um, formation. Basically, he used to run a ton back when he was a Green Bay offensive coordinator. He broke it out, talking about 20-something, damn near 30 years later. But it was very similar, almost identical to the run that the Lions had against the Eagles in week one. So this dude is doing some serious rabbit holing. Um, but he used a fullback. I think they used two, I think they used two tailbacks because Detroit Lions have two really good tailbacks they can run. But it was it was a 21 personnel grouping, but it was the crack sweep. It was a play, not yep. necessarily the personnel package or the formation, but the play that he ran. And he just found out it could be really successful against Philadelphia, ran it again. So it's, it, it was little things here and there, but Andy Reid showed you why he is a, man, he's a, he's a master when it comes to the chess match within the game. 
He's yep. phenomenal at just picking up those little tiny tendencies, those little tiny indicators that can give his team the advantage. That's why they won. Championship. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I think is that Texas can learn from this, because uh, I think it's something that Andy Reid does a ton of, helps out. Patrick Mahomes makes things a lot simpler in his process. Targets to motion. Essentially, that's what won the game for the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Both of those touchdowns to Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony were targets to motion to a player who was in motion at the time of the snap or before the snap. That's a target to motion. Uh, this past season, targets to motion for Texas, 80, over 80% completion percentage when a Texas quarterback targeted a player who was in motion before the snap or at the time of the snap. 10 yards per attempt. Yeah. 30% explosive play rate, which means 30% of the time they got a 15-yard completion out of targeting a man in motion. And if you think like, oh, man, that's only this year. Nah. You last year's stats on targets <laughs> nah. to motion with different quarterbacks. Um, targets to motion last year for Texas, 81% completion percentage. 8.4 yards per attempt. Yeah. The last, if you can go back before that, we can go back to Bama's 2020 year before Sark even got here and targets to motion uh, from 2020 and 2021 were 77% completion percentage. So it 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 sticks. Yeah. Tar- Sark should do more of that. <laughs> message more of that yeah. uh, alright we come back we'll talk about commercials Super Bowl halftime show pregame festivities all that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on the Horn Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Some Super Bowl ratings I guess we can get to here uh, momentarily as well. Um, Before we get to Super Bowl ratings, we get to some of that stuff, that topic of conversation, of course, uh, hold until tomorrow uh, or next segment. I do want to get into Texas, Texas Tech, big Monday matchup for Texas men's basketball. But Super Bowl commercials, gentlemen, Uh, any of the Super Bowl commercials that uh, you thought were especially creative, funny, so any of them knocked it out of the park. What was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? Rich? I don't know if I truly had a favorite. I've favorite. had some that I liked. Um, I liked that that Ben Affleck and uh, uh, oh, the, the Dunkin', Dunkin Donuts, Donuts one. commercial. I liked that one. <laughs> she was like, "Is this what you mean when you say you're going to work?" <laughs> like, the, best, the best part about that, he's like, "Do I look familiar?" He's like, "No." <laughs> yeah, that's best. And then the other going. part, they were taking the selfie, and then yeah. she rolls up and like. Wait a minute, is this what you mean when you say I'm going to work? <laughs> I thought that one was a good one. That was a good one, yeah. I thought I like the, that um, uh, what was it, I premature. Oh, electrification. Ele- electrification, yeah. I was going to bring that one up. I liked it. That one was clever. Yeah, I thought premature that was Premature electrification cool. yeah. might have been the most clever of all the commercials, and that was pretty good. Well, then the other one, too, the one that everybody was talking about is the one where everybody thought the game went out. Because everybody thought they were going to some streaming device. Yeah, oh, the 2B one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was looking because I'm sitting in the chair and I'm yeah. like, am I on the remote? Like everybody's <laughs> like, hey, 
Hey, I'm like, man, calm down. <laughs> yeah, that must have. And I'm sure a lot of people at the Super Bowl parties. Exactly. I'm sure that's what it was meant to do too. Like, what yeah. did you touch the remote? I'm like, whoa. Hey, uh, it, it, like it got everyone's attention, but I don't know how many people remember there was Two B TV that was yeah, the thing. That's right. a great point. Yeah, right. you like, uh, man, you got to get the name across. The the rock star one. Of course, I was hanging out with a bunch of musicians. So yeah, the work day. The one where Gary Clark Jr. getting an ad. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Was I remember that day. one. That it was, was good to see cool. Gary like getting an ad. And then I saw Gary posting on his Instagram afterwards that his kid asked him who Liz from HR was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was pretty good. I like that one. Uh, I'm a dog guy, so I like the dog commercials. I thought that was pretty good. I think the former's dog had my wife crying. Yeah. One about the dog that she had all of her teenage years, and then she's about to get married and have a kid and still got the dog. Dog's old and gray. I have a 13-year-old lab. So that one hit uh Close to home with wifey. Everybody in the house kept saying, Where's the dogs? Where's the dogs? Because yeah. it took a while it for the while. dogs to get yeah. into the commercial. And then you had another dog one. They got the dog, like, I think it was an Amazon commercial, yeah. actually. Where, was, they, yeah, where, they were, where the dog was wrecking everything in the house. Yeah, and yeah. Then they, got they get the crate, and you're like, yeah. Oh, they're going to get rid of the dog. Yes. And then it's another dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yes. good. I like that one. And honestly, I like the one, um, and I think it's, it's like the Google phones. That that showed you can like you can like take people out you can edit oh, people the out of the they, pictures and everything yeah where that I, kid was up against the glass yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually that was pretty Creepy. funny that was well done that was that was a good one too that was pretty good um yeah, yeah. It's, they had some good ones but you know I mean I think my favorite one might have been a premature electrification yeah that was mine that was good because the way he was talking about it was more like uh, one of good. those. Um, Cialis or Viagra commercials. Exactly. That's what they were trying to make it and look the end, like. The woman's like, "Yeah, too much stop starting and stopping. Exactly. Way too much. Way starting too and much starting and stopping. <laughs> I just can't get with that. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. I like that. And yo, what's up with the commercials dogging Tesla? Holy moly! Yeah, man, isn't it fun when billionaires fight on our TV? Right? Is that what's yep. going on there? Because I Family saw like four, I saw like three of those things. Yeah, so. apparently it was a guy who spent like tons and tons of money because he's like he doesn't like Tesla and he's trying to get his own brand or something out. I don't. It, yeah, well, he's got. I guess it ain't, he got everyone's attention. It ain't tricky. No doubt. Got, yeah, I thought it was gonna be like something you know humorous at first. I was like, no, this is serious. This is running over. They're running know, over kid mannequins. Yeah, so, with the head popping off. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, like wait a minute, this doesn't happen like this. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> you think it was an anti weed ad again? Where are thoughts about the Jesus ad? Oh, I thought that was great. I, thought that's, I actually like the Jesus ads. I did too. I, I, I don't. I don't I mind them either. Not I think, to like them. But I, I like them. I, I, I don't mind them. I think you probably should have spent that money elsewhere. Where butts, I think Jesus you talking people about know about him enough. You talking about the hey. church building fund? No, that's why they should have spent that money. Some, some, <laughs> some, some, some feeding other, some people. Those, those, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. Those, uh, those ads are expensive. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, they probably spent, I don't know, four or five million dollars on those ads. Yeah, so I, I think they, I think it could have gone elsewhere. But what would, what would Jesus do? Yeah, not, I mean, well, first of all, he'd be exactly. like, y'all are hitting each other, now y'all cheering? What is wrong with y'all? No, actually, there was a comedian who just, he'd be freaked out about the shoes. He'd be like, what, y'all got spikes on your shoes? You're wearing sandals? Seriously, no, no, I expected that. I was like, oh, no, it's a Jesus commercial. It's going to be controversial. Uh, I thought the message was pretty good. I thought it was, yeah, too. It's a good message, but I Threw agree. everybody off at first, but then you're like, oh. I knew exactly where it was headed because <laughs> yeah. I had seen all the other ones. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Right? They always it, trying to give you a message. And there was a, a website to go to, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. About, something about Jesus. Jesus Cares or Jesus something cares like that. Like yeah. that. So, yeah. uh, I haven't been to the website, so I don't know if it works. <laughs> so, I, I, They're I, trying to see if they get visitors after that. Well, if, if their point is for you to acknowledge the Jesus and then think about all the good and what would Jesus do, that kind of thing, then job well done. Oh, good job. To bring a little of the Holy Spirit into people's lives. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, all right. There you go. A little 
commercial discussion. I know commercials are okay. They, Jesus gets us. Jesus gets us. Yeah, that's what it is. Jesus gets us. He gets us. Jesus. Can I tell you a story about Jesus? No, about a I mean, Jesus. Like what? Not about not about <laughs> the Lord Jesus. I was you talking a, about Jesus. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, it's like, it's I was about right. I was about to tell you we had to go to break. <laughs> 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 uh, we gotta go to break. <laughs> Robbie wants to talk about Jesus. No, 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 it's not about Jesus. But I was at a restaurant. Now I'm gonna say the restaurant. And this was last week. So I'm at the restaurant and I'm, I go to the front and I'm getting food. I called in food, getting the food. And then the guy who is at the counter, he and it, the restaurant's pretty packed. It's not a huge restaurant, so you, you're yelling. Everybody can hear it. So he starts to yell out. I guess the name of the person who has the food. And he says, Jesus. Jesus! And everybody was turning around like, what the hell? And then a guy walks up and grabs the food and walks out. And I did not ask, but I wanted to so bad to go, is his name actually Jesus? Or did you mispronounce Jesus? Because usually in Texas, a Jesus is a Jesus. Yes. And he said Jesus twice. And the guy did not correct him. He just grabs his food and leaves him like, First of all, you cannot you cannot take the name Jesus if you are not Jesus. You, you gotta be a Jesus. You can't just be you can't just be answering to Jesus unless it was Shuttlesworth. <laughs> unless it was Jesus Shuttlesworth. I've never met another Jesus. Game. So I, I've never met a real Jesus. It, well, I have, but yeah, not, I was say. <laughs> now not, now you got me one, thinking that Jesus that should have been a. Uh, Uber Eats ad. <laughs> and I swear, I, I, to this day, I'm, I'm sad I didn't ask for more clarification on, is his name actually Jesus? And, and I, you know, I know you would have oh, asked. I was going to chase the guy down and say, yeah. is that offensive to ask him if his name is Jesus? Yeah. Oh, can, I, can I ask him for some favors for Longhorns? <laughs> no, wait. I, didn't, I, I want to know, but yeah, oh, it was man. It. anyway, we're talking about Jesus, so that's my Jesus story. All right, we'll come back. We'll uh, talk Texas basketball on the other side, right here on Baltimore Line, 104.9 North.